Welcome to this episode of the Structural Engineering Channel podcast, a podcast focused on helping structural engineering professionals stay up to date on technical trends in the field and also to help them succeed in their careers and lives. In this episode, we're actually going to frame out some points that could be helpful to structural engineering students as they prepare for structural engineering career fairs. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Fasano. I'm a licensed professional engineer who practiced as an engineer, but eventually decided I wanted to focus more on inspiring engineers rather than doing the engineering myself. So since then, I've written a book entitled Engineering Your Own Success and have traveled the world helping engineers build their core or soft skills. And I'm your other host, Matt Picardle. I'm also a licensed engineer practicing structural engineering in California with an undergraduate degree from Cal Poly Pomona and a master's in structural engineering from UC San Diego. I also host a new YouTube channel, Structural Engineering Live, through which I'm focused on promoting the structural engineering profession to engineering students and young professionals that aren't too familiar with the industry perspective. Through this podcast, Matt and I plan to try to bring you information that can help you succeed in every episode. Now, before we get started, this is a free show and our sponsors help us keep it free. So we ask that you please support them. And now I'd like to recognize our sponsor for this episode, CSI. Computers and Structures, Inc. is recognized globally as the pioneering leader in software tools for structural and earthquake engineering. Software from CSI is used by thousands of engineering firms in over 160 countries for the design of major projects. CSI software is backed by more than four decades of research and development, making it the trusted choice of sophisticated design professionals everywhere. Listen up later on in the show where I will tell you more about their great software packages and how they can help you. We also want to give a shout out to the Structural Engineering Institute of ASCE, or SEI. SEI is a dynamic community of more than 30,000 members from around the world, advancing and serving structural engineering while influencing change on broader issues that shape the entire civil engineering community. Gain technical, professional, and leadership experience by participating in your local SEI chapter or graduate student chapter at an SEI conference or through an SEI committee effort. Yeah, SEI has really been great in supporting the podcast and giving us guests and promoting the podcast. And we really appreciate that. And we hope to continue to help them in any way we can. All right. So with that, let's jump into this episode where we're going to outline kind of seven actions that students can take to prepare for structural engineering career fairs. All right. So in this episode, Matt, you've had some experience as a structural engineer yourself visiting career fairs on behalf of your company. And you've kind of seen firsthand young students coming up to you and kind of the back and forth. So we thought it would be helpful for those students to do an episode focused around preparation for career fairs for future structural engineers. I think this will be helpful in two different ways. One, for the students that are attending the fairs and also for those structural engineers out there that might want to share this with students or might even help you in preparing for attending a career fair. So, Matt, before we jump into this kind of these seven points that we have developed here as a framework for this, give us a little background on some of your experience with this for the audience. Sure. So I've been going to career fairs on the other side, you know, not the student anymore, but 
more on um, looking for interns or entry level people to come in for our companies. I've been doing that for the past uh, year now, and it was really just interesting to see what it's like on the other side and kind of seeing what common mistakes are and and kind of what I guess some students don't get it or they can improve a lot on on some points. So for me, just seeing it from the other side, I think I have a lot more clarity on at least what I look for and, and I think what students can look for and what I would have done differently if I was still a student. Yeah, for sure. And that's, I think, exactly what we're hoping to do here is help you as a structural engineering student to prep for these career fairs. So Matt, let's kind of walk through these seven-point framework that you've kind of developed based on your experience, and hopefully we can help some people out with it. Now, the first one is to research the companies, I guess, ahead of time. Don't go into the fair blind. Exactly. I think uh, one of the good strategies, if you're going to a structural engineering career fair or civil engineering career fair, is you know target the companies that you want and do research on them. One of the worst things that you can do is just look, go to up to a company and ask them, so who are you guys and what do you guys do? I mean, especially with this day and age, there's no excuse. You can literally just go to take a break and go on your phone and actually just Google those companies. But it's kind of just an instant uh, red flag if a student just comes up to you and says, so who are you guys? And it kind of just shows that you don't have that initiative to even like, you don't know anything about us and you're just like, I don't know, kind of wasting time. And it's complete opposite of it is when a student goes up to you and says, my company, DCI, they could just be like, hey, DCI, I read your website. I like the projects that you're working on. I heard you did some projects at our school. How's that like? You know, I really want to work for you guys and the projects that you do. It's completely different from one extreme to the other. So definitely just doing the research, it really gets you off on a first strong impression. Yeah. And I think too, like to Matt's point, I mean, just what you can try to do if you're a student going into one of these career fairs is to think about it from the other person's perspective a little bit, if you can. I know that's not always easy to do. Matt's able to do it now because he's seen both sides of it. But just think about someone coming up to you and saying, you know, can you tell us about your company as opposed to saying, you know, I see the projects your company's working on. I'm really excited and interested in working with your company. Think how that makes that person feel And if they're trying to note for their company which engineers they should really follow up with or look at more closely, you can probably guess that they'll be looking at those that were interested in them a little bit more closely. So that's a great initial point. All right, number two, Matt, is to have some type of story coming in, some clear goals and a plan and and really know what you want. I mean, it's pretty much like an interview. Like if you think about it, at least me, like I have some, a filter for which resumes are good or which candidates are good. And it's kind of like a mini interview. So at least for me, if I know you have like a good story coming in, in terms of just like, hey, I wanted to do structural engineering. My dad was a structural engineer and he wanted to go into that. And that's how I got into it. Some type of framework on why you even want to go into structural engineering. And you know that you want to do structural engineering. It already shows you that you're a serious candidate and you're not just, oh, I'm not sure what I really want to do. Maybe I might stick around. Maybe I don't. So just having a candidate that knows where they want to go, or at least are are certain that they really want to try structural engineering and they think that it's a real possibility in their career really makes a difference because, I mean, it even gives us a talking point to go off on. If you can't talk to me for a couple of minutes, it already makes a kind of bad impression 
But if you go in there kind of confidently, like saying, hey, I want to do structural engineering, this is how I got into it. It kind of gives me more of a reason to see your why, why you want to go into it, why you're passionate or, or interested in it. You present yourself a lot more credible and believable, and it just makes you a lot more personable, at least for me. So that's definitely something that you want to go into when you're going to go talk to uh, someone at a career fair. Yeah, I mean, it really shows them why you're interested in structural engineering beyond just, you know, hey, structural engineering sounded cool, so I signed up for it. Yeah, or I just need a job. Right, there's some real passion behind it and real interest and kind of a, a why behind it, like you said, Matt, their story. So I think that that is a good way to set the tone. Number three was the ability to be personable. Can they talk to the CEO? And you even mentioned the airport test, which I'm interested in hearing about. When we're hiring interns or entry levels, I mean, by default, you need to have the technical skills that every engineer needs in analysis. But if you think of it from our perspective, the employees are the ones that are recruiting people. It's we're going to be around you working with you for eight hours a day. You could be like the greatest technically, but if you're like non-personable and you're not good to get along with, uh, I mean, that's kind of a, a deal breaker because you're not just doing that to me, you're doing that to the, the whole team, especially with a civil and structural. I mean, we're dealing with all sorts of teams and different types of people every day. So being personable, being likable, one of our employees kind of puts it like um, how they present themselves in person. Are they like uh, stuttering? Are they super nervous? Or can they actually just go up to someone like, let's just say our CEO, and can they talk to them personally? And are they likable? Do they sound confident in their abilities? Because at the end of the day, I think, at least for us, we're looking for potential leaders. And if you already have that ability to get along with everyone on the team, no matter what level they're at, then that's already a big indicator that you can uh, fit in and hopefully become in a leadership position someday. That's the same thing with the airport test, which is what's what I personally do. Uh, I asked myself, if I got stuck in the airport with this candidate, would I be okay with it? If I'm stuck with them for four to eight hours in an airport, are they fun to hang around with? I mean, they don't need to be fun, but are they like personable, likable? So that's kind of just another big test. So going in there confident and you know putting on a smile and just being a likable person i think that's goes a long way yeah and i think from the flip side of that if you're a student listening to this saying that's great but i am nervous cuz i haven't done this before and i haven't had a lot of that kind of experience my recommendations in terms of what you can do to improve that is join a toastmasters group if you're not familiar with toastmasters it's a great nonprofit group that anyone can join to work on your public speaking skills. And often what that does is it helps you to work on your conversational skills and your confidence. So that can be a big boost in terms of exactly what Matt is saying and what someone might be looking for in terms of you being able to be personal or not be nervous in a situation. The other thing that you can do to help calm those nerves or become more comfortable in those situations is any kind of leadership type volunteering that you can do. So if you're in school, get involved in committees, boards, groups, and whether it's like a concrete canoe or different kinds of team functions or team activities, that will, again, will help you and make you more comfortable when you get out there in industry and start to talk with engineers that are practicing engineering. I know you might be listening to us saying, yeah, but that's hard for me to do. We understand that. And there are things that you can do. And in fact, Matt's spoken about this on other episodes of the podcast. I think the beginning episodes where we kind of talked about how Matt and I met 
And he recently got involved in ASCE, which has helped him a lot with some of his kind of softer skills and things of that nature. And that's something that you could think about if you need help with that specific point. Exactly. Just think of it as a skill. And same thing with me. I was very bad at first. I, that's something that I would have done if I was to go back. I would have brushed up on those skills to basically improve myself uh, personally and be more presentable. All right, Matt. So the next one is how can you add value to a firm as a student? For me, this is kind of what the resume is for. When I'm looking through the resume, what I'm looking for as someone that's looking for new interns or entry levels is what have you done and what have you learned from those? So obviously having an internship kind of shows that, hey, you, you've worked in the industry, you've developed those analysis and those design skills in terms of knowing the code, knowing how to design beams, columns, or at least you're familiar with construction such as RFIs and what the whole process is. So that's the most obvious thing, but I know a lot of students coming in, they don't necessarily have that. So there's got to be some other way to kind of show those. And for me, what I like to see if someone doesn't have those internship experiences is pretty much what you said, you know, getting involved. Like, what have you done besides going to class? Because if you're just going to class, I mean, you really can't stand out from anybody else. But if you get involved in such as like ASCE or Concrete Canoe, join competitions or becoming a board member on a civil engineering uh, student organization, that shows leadership skills, that shows initiative, it shows you can work on a team. And if you're in a competition, it shows that you can obviously work on a team, but also do some analysis and design. So it's kind of translating those skills. That's the skills that I'm looking for. Can you work on a team and can you analyze problems? By going the extra mile and getting involved in those, that's another way that you can show that, hey, I do have the skills, the skills that I learned in seismic design competition, I can directly transfer to an internship. It really is kind of just showing, going the extra mile and actually getting those skills because those are the skills that you don't necessarily get at school. But those are the ones that are going to transmit value to a firm, which is, again, back to that main point, which is how are you giving value to the firm? Maybe it's through some of your code knowledge and experience. If you have that internship experience, if you don't, it's really just showing people like Matt said, that you get out there and you get outside of your comfort zone and you volunteer and you get involved with organizations. I remember doing interviewing for the civil structural firm that I worked for years ago. I don't remember that that often that we keyed into their academics or their GPA as much as we looked at their extracurricular activities. Because as Matt said, in the civil structural world, you really have to be able to communicate effectively. You really have to be able to talk to other people and work with teams and solve problems together. Yes, you need to do calculations as well, but you also need to do these other things. And I think firms are looking for people that are well-rounded, and that's something that's really important and hopefully something that you can really take away from the episode here today. Now, Matt, transitioning into this next point goes a little bit back to what we just spoke about, which is code knowledge, design classes, design experience. Like you said, that would be a value to these firms. And if it's something that a structural engineering student is listening to this episode saying, you know, that would be great if I can build up some of those things when I go into these career fairs and show that I have knowledge on these codes. What do you recommend the best way for them to do that is? I mean, I went to Cal Poly Pomona, which is a very hands-on school. I know not all schools are like that. A lot of schools are, are theoretical. 
my suggestion is if your classes aren't doing that, first, if you go to a design school, obviously emphasize that you can design things and you can analyze things per code. But if you don't go to a type of school like that where it's really theoretical, then again, I would try to find some way to get that type of experience. Best case is obviously getting an internship, but the next best thing is getting involved and doing some research on these um, other competitions or actually just helping out. I know some people that have done research with their professors, kind of like a research assistant, just getting more familiar with the codes and design. But even if you're not, I mean, try to do something that shows that that you go the extra mile and that you can learn the codes if you know if you really wanted to. So that's one thing that you could do. I know in the seismic design competition, we had to look at a whole bunch of different lateral systems and why they were coded like that. I know there's a lot of competitions like that too, like a wood competition, a geotech competition, and um, I think precast beam competitions too. So there's a lot of ways that you can get involved and get more exposed to code and design. In terms of just to that end, organizations like ASCE with the Structural Engineering Institute that we, we mention often on the podcast, they have outlets like whether it's online articles or newsletters, or maybe you can find a magazine in your industry, right? Things that you can do to read about just to keep up to date on the industry, which would include like code updates and things of that nature. I mean, we've had some episodes where there's some new pre-standards for the performance-based design and things of that nature, just knowing about those in a conversation at a career fair can tell people like, okay, he or she is keyed into the industry and they're kind of keeping up to date on things, which just tells me something about that person. You don't have to become a code expert, but I think staying up to date on industry trends and just being aware that maybe there are code changes or things that are happening in the industry is going to go a long way for you. All right, Matt, next point, one thing, to think about is, are you talking to an HR recruiter, a decision maker, a senior engineer, a principal? Talk about the importance of that. Sure. So one of the things that I found out when I was still a student and really increased my chances of getting an internship are knowing what companies are at the fair and not just knowing what companies, how big are they? Because you have your giant firms that have thousands of people. And for those types of firms, usually there's going to be like an HR person that's probably not like really the person doing all the engineering. That's where it's a little tougher to kind of, I guess, sell yourself because they're not um, the actual decision makers are probably going to have to go back to their HR department and vet it out even more. I think your chances and the ones that I focused on when I went to a career fair was the smaller companies, uh, the mid-sized companies where if I knew that the person I was talking to was either a senior engineer that I would eventually be working with, or they sometimes even the principal was there. So it's pretty much having that interview right there. In terms of uh, me, I would scout those firms out because that would increase my chances. If I can make a good first impression to the actual decision makers, then that increased my chances a lot. That's how I actually got my second structural engineering internship going to the smaller ones, talking directly to the engineer that I eventually worked with. I think that's one way to increase your chances because it's, it's less competition. Everyone's trying to go to those big firms, but if you stick to the smaller and, and medium-sized firms, I think your chances increase a lot, especially if you don't have your first internships already under you. 
for me, knowing who you're talking to, are you talking to an HR person or are you talking to an actual decision maker that can actually say, hey, I like this person, let's bring them in. That's That was uh, my way of navigating through those fairs. Yeah, I think a lot of times with these career fairs, you'll find that you can get access to a list of the companies that are going to be at the career fair beforehand. And sometimes you can even see the representatives from the companies that are going to be there. As Matt mentioned earlier, with all of the tools available today, like LinkedIn or the company's website and their list of leadership or professionals, it's probably going to be pretty easy if you have a name of the person and the company name that you could do a little bit of research on them. And again, going into a career fair and saying, you know, I see that you're a leader in the company. You've been there for 10 years. I value the opportunity to chat with you for a few minutes about the company. Again, that tells me that you took the time to do a little research on the company, on myself. And that, again, if I'm making a list, when I go back to the office of people that I want to reach out to that I met at the career fair, you're going up higher on the list if you knew who I was and you were able to take some time to engage with me specifically. So don't overlook those things. And the one thing I'll say about that too is, there may be a hundred companies at the career fair. I'm not telling you to research a hundred companies and a hundred people. Like Matt said earlier, pick out five or 10 or 12 or whatever the case may be and spend five to 10 minutes on each one. And by doing that and just talking to 10 people at the career fair, I guarantee you that the odds of you getting a job are going to go way higher up than if you just went there and randomly walked around and talked to 40 or 50 people that you didn't have any background on. It's really a much better use of your time and again, if you flip the switch and think about it from the other person's perspective, you can see why someone who you came up to and you mentioned their name and you mentioned their company's projects is going to put you at a higher level than somebody else that may have just came up to them and handed them a resume and said, can you give me a job? Basically. Yeah, it's basically like, at least for me, I'm one of the people that are looking, vetting the people out. And if I remember you and the things that I just said, like, hey, if you know our company and you have a good... um story on why you want to do this and you have a good resume and you're good to talk to, you're definitely going to stand out. Even if you don't have like a lot of internships or no internships, I can kind of just see the potential. I mean, we'll teach you the other engineering stuff that you need to know. But if you're memorable by doing all these things that we've listed, it really increases your chances. All right. And for the the seventh and final point here in terms of preparing for a structural engineering career fair, I'm going to one that I tacked on myself, which is be yourself. I mean, I, we're telling you all these things to do, and I think a lot of them are important, but at the same time, you don't want to show up to a career fair and try to be someone you're not, try to talk over your head if you're not comfortable with certain concepts. So while I think it's very important to do the things that we said and preparing and doing your research, if you're someone that has a sense of humor a little bit, use it. If you're someone that has a certain skill or a talent, use it. Because I think sometimes too, when we try to be someone that we're not, the nerves can kick in extra high and can kind of stutter and make it even more difficult to do some of the things that, that we've talked about. I don't know if you've had experience with that, Matt. Yeah. Like if you don't know anything, you know, don't try to be like, yeah, I know about that. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I don't know still. And it's just a lot easier to be like, oh, you know what? I haven't heard about that. What is that? Like being curious too, like stuff like that, kind of just being uh, genuine. All right. So there you have it. These are seven points that hopefully you can focus on in preparing for your structural engineering career fair. I'm going to run through them real quickly. Number one, research the companies. Don't go in blind. Number two, have some kind of story about yourself coming in and why you're interested in structural engineering, as opposed to just saying, you know, I heard about it and I liked it. Number three, 
be personable with the person at the career fair if you can. Make small talk. And if that's something you're not comfortable with, you can join a Toastmasters to try to develop those conversational skills. Number four, think about how you can add value for that firm and try to transmit that to them in your conversations. Number five, code knowledge, design class experience, anything that you can do related to design or codes that you can brush up on beforehand, whether that's that's staying up to date with uh, industry trends or whatever the case may be, that can help you to come off as someone who's more polished and more aware of the industry. Number six, know who you're talking to, possibly ahead of time if you can, whether it's an HR recruiter, a decision maker, a principal in the firm. This way you can be prepared to have those conversations with those people. And last but not least, be yourself. Don't try to do something that you can't. Don't try to say something or guess at something if you're not sure if it's the right answer, so to speak. And if you do those things, I think you're going to set yourself up for some success at these career fairs. Matt, did I hit everything there? Yep, that sounds good. I hope you enjoyed the episode for today. And I ask you sincerely that if you know of a structural engineering student or maybe it's one of your professors or a department and you can share this episode with them in any way, shape, or form, please do that. We've also published it on our YouTube channel or will be. And the reason is because I know and you know as engineers, sometimes that internship that you get from a career fair launches your engineering career and it sets you up for success in the future. And so we're hoping that by sharing some of these tactics and strategies with students, it will increase their chances of finding that structural engineering or civil engineering internship for that matter and really launching their careers. Now, before we wrap this episode up, I do want to recognize our sponsor once again for this episode, CSI. CSI produces five primary software packages, SAP 2000, CSI Bridge, eTabs, Safe, and Perform 3D. Each of these programs offers unique capabilities and tools that are tailored to different types of structures and problems, allowing users to find just the right solution for their work. SAP 2000 is intended for use on civil structures such as dams, communication towers, stadiums, industrial plants, and buildings. CSI Bridge offers powerful parametric design of concrete and steel bridges. ETABS has been developed specifically for multi-story commercial and residential building structures such as office towers, apartments, and hospitals. The SAFE system provides an efficient and powerful program for the analysis and design of concrete slabs and foundations with or without post-tensioning. Perform 3D is a highly focused nonlinear tool offering powerful performance-based design capabilities. With CSI products, you can be confident that you have the finest structural engineering software available backed by a company with an unmatched record of innovation and an unrivaled commitment to meet the ever-evolving needs of the profession. You can learn more about them at www.csiamerica.com. Once again, I hope you enjoyed this one. We'd love to hear your feedback, comments, and or questions. Please visit the Structural Engineering Channel dot com where you will find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode as well as links to any of the resources websites or books mentioned during the episode and don't forget to check out our engineering management accelerator online workshop at engineer to manager that's engineer to manager.com until next time we wish you all the best in your structural engineering endeavors 